The EC Podcast exists to equip believers to make disciples and love others for the glory of Jesus Christ. Bobby Payne, and welcome to episode number 37, titled, When We Gather. With me today is Pastor Aaron Case, Pastor Jonathan Mitchell, and Pastor Gary Singleton. Gentlemen, welcome. Yeah, good to be back. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Glad y'all are here today to talk about what we do when we gather. And we're not going to sing, Shall We Gather at the River today. Oh. I know. We yeah. talked about it. not showed up. I thought you were... <laughs> the organ's here? Is that what you said? <laughs> I, just, I thought you would... Lead us today, but only if you have an organ. Okay. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. yeah. I don't uh, know any organ well, players. I don't. I do. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. I'm just kidding. Organ players, you're not listening to this anyway. <laughs> it doesn't matter. My grandmother is an organ player, but I pray she's not listening. <laughs> I'm sorry, grandma. Oh, she's a that brutal was Bobby. That, that was Bobby. Was, that was Baby Yoda. Why would you say that? For all you, for all you listeners out there, um, I was editing an episode. And, a couple of weeks ago, my grandmother was listening, and she goes, shut that off. That man's annoying. And it was me talking. <laughs> She's a savage. It was me no, talking. there is no doubt. She is a savage. She's coming for you, G. If you ever her. want to know the truth, ask Mommy Bump. Yeah. She'll tell you. All right, so we're going to talk about when we gather, and we're going to break this into two pieces. So it will transition at some point, but we're going to start off talking about what must happen, and then we'll move into where there's some freedoms. Um, so let's kick this off. Pastor Aaron, what must happen when we gather? Yeah, I'm still triggered by when you said transition. So anyway, <laughs> hold on. Uh, no, we're... <laughs> right, it, it matters. It matters what we do when we come together because God has told us in His Word how He wants to be worshipped, right? And, and so what we need to do is take our cues from Scripture and... And get rid of what's not in the book. You know, I know we we jokingly talked about it before, and I'm, I'm sure it'll come up a few times. But um, so much of what we treat as, you know, biblical divine truth is literally just tradition, and it's empty. And what's really, really, really sad, and I think it's been shown to be empty, you know, as society and the pressures of our world keep crushing down on the church is that most churchgoers will fight for something that is traditional more so than they would the truth of scripture right in front of them. And and so we've paid for that. And what we need to do is what we believe as, as Christians is that Jesus will win the world, that he will, the, the great commission will be successful and so what we're going to do is do our best to redeem. And so how we do that is we mold our scripture or excuse me, our services around what the word teaches and that's where we begin. All right, so what let's let's go. What does it teach? What do we what should we be doing? What must happen? Um I like at the end of Acts 2 starting in verse 42 
Now the Bible says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Um, and then also uh, verse 47, Praising God and having favor with all the people in the Lord, added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Um, I believe that uh, when we gather together, uh, just as they did in, in the first uh, uh, church uh, after Jesus' ascension, is uh, the preaching and teaching of God's Word. We need to uh, be obedient to God's Word. We need to um, be researching God's Word. We need to be uh, in God's Word um, uh, so that way that we can um, convey God's Word to others. Uh, so the preaching and teaching of God's word, fellowship of the saints, uh, your brothers and sisters, you know, not just, um, not just, hey, how you doing today? But, hey, how you doing today? What's been going on? Uh, is there anything in your, you know, I can be praying for with you about? Um, actually having fellowship with your brothers and sisters. Uh, the breaking of bread, communion. I know our church, we, um, on the first of every month, uh, that's our communion day. That's when we break the bread together. That's when we break the bread and uh, uh, drink the wine. Of, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Right. What? Oh, man. No. You done messed up. <laughs> you should have kept going. G. Airy. <laughs> anyway. Somewhere yeah. Jamie Case is like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's our communion day. And uh, so... Uh, we're being faithful to scripture that's what scripture has called us to do that's what we're going to do and also prayers we are praying we are praying to the lord corporately and individually uh, a lot of times on sundays we get to, we get together uh, uh, before service and we pray individually for the service uh, and then there's also like, like i said corporate prayer where we're praying together as a body of believers yeah so <clears throat> to kind of sum it up and, and maybe talk oh praise the lord hey yay copyright <laughs> stricken for that i think <laughs> gotta pay royalties yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> that's what aaron makes in his basement um <laughs> on garage <laughs> yeah on garage yeah, exactly. that's as far as i got all right <laughs> it's a work in front exactly man my mom likes it yeah she said it was good uh <laughs> was talented Anyways, yeah. so when we gather, we play that mostly. Um, but <laughs> that's a, I think we could say, in, according to Acts, we need to open God's word um, and be taught. Um, and then we need to gather around the table and specifically for the purpose of remembering Christ's death until he comes. And then we need to pray together because we believe that God works in the world through the prayers of the saints. And, um, we want our heart to be aligned with God's will. Um, and we, we want to live together. Like we want to care about one another. We want to know what's going on and how we can pray for one another, how we can, don't uh, say it. Uh, don't say it. What was I going to say? I don't do, do, do life together. No, no. I don't. You will never hear that phrase from me. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It always freaks me out. Um, I don't know what that means. but And then I think we get other instruction in Ephesians 5. Um, we get a negative. Do not be drunk on wine. 
maybe that was a problem <laughs> uh, at Jamie's church. But yeah. uh, <laughs> not any of our churches. No. <laughs> no. Um, Juice wasn't bad. No, yeah. Um, I think it was a little bit this last Sunday. Yeah, the way. It was that's little, right. It was a little lively yeah, afterwards. But it says, don't be drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then it says uh, to come together and, and meet and sing together, sing uh, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So I think we also need to understand we need to sing. Um, maybe we can talk a little bit about what we sing, but uh, I think there's a lot there. Yeah, I don't want to steal might all the as, No, we there. might as well before we keep going. I mean, <clears throat> I don't, <clears throat> I don't know of anything that, in church that is more divisive than, than the worship. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting too, cause our church, we, we do our best to kind of bother everyone. We have super <laughs> con- like super conservative preaching, but then we have a band, you know, but it's not like it's distasteful, but we at the same drums. time we, we have, have drums. drums, right. Which are the devil's tool. You know, obviously that's how he gets into churches, con- but, conjuring things up up there. But I've literally heard that, man, I, Years ago, honestly, we, oh man, we, we had a youth, we had our youth on Wednesday night and at our service and we had brought in drums, right? This is a a good independent, independent fundamental Baptist church. Easy for me to say. And so everybody welcome. I went, yeah. So I went, yeah. As long as you look just like us, you can come on in. Um, If not, we're judging the snot out of you. But so basically I went to another part of the building And one of the older members came in, saw the drums there, literally knocked them all over the place, like was screaming at the kids. Like it was God's providence that I wasn't there because I'd be in jail to this day. (laughs) But like, you know, it's crazy because people just get wacko. It it didn't matter that the room was filled with kids who, whose parents weren't even at church. You know what I mean? It was the fact that those drums were there and it's okay to listen to Garth Brooks as you leave the parking lot, but heaven forbid you have a drum in a church. And so there's such an imbalance there. And I think it's, it's a freedom to understand what pleases God. And I think so many people feel like they have the inroad to that. Like we've, we fought those battles. Well, why do you sing this person? Why do you sing that person? Well, we're not, Jesus didn't write any songs, but the Psalter, right? But we are to sing spiritual songs. Like we believe the spirit is still inspiring people to, you know, giving them gifts to bless the church and the body. And so we're not going to find anyone out there who's perfect. There's going to be skeletons in the closet. Some of your favorite hymns were written by trash, you know, people who were, are a mess. And so we're going to throw them out. No, you're going to throw out the ones you're comfortable with. Well, okay, stop that. What honors God, Right. And, and one of my favorite stories, and I hope I'm not stealing anybody's thunder, but I, I know I've heard Johnny say it, um, but talking about, you know, Pete, our buddy, you know, he came here and our style wasn't really his, but he said, you know, over time, I just started reading the words and I was like, he said, that's what I believe. That's who I am. And I can't tell you how many people who haven't come from this background who I appreciate were like, no, this honors Christ. And now they sing their hearts out with everyone else. So it's like, I hope that I can always be that way to be pliable, not to be so stuck in my way. So what honors God, first and foremost, needs to be the topic of our worship. Yeah, I think when when we're, whether it's singing, especially when it's opening up God's word, and we want to do what tells the truth about the Lord, 
what exalts his name. Um, and I think worship the, or the worship through song is such a divisive part because I think in a lot of areas, well, for one, it has the potential to be highly emotional, which we would even say is not wrong. Uh, we just don't want to check truth out the door for the sake of emotion. Um, and what we need to understand is worship is not about me. So I would say, I would say this way, a successful worship service when we gather is not, did people raise their hands? It's not, it's not even, uh, did, did someone get saved today? It's not, uh, did someone get restored today? We praise God when those things happen. A successful worship service though is, was Christ glorified? And if so, then it was successful. Mm-hmm. That's because the reason we gather is to exalt the name of Christ, to proclaim his excellencies, uh, in, in our world. And then, uh, secondly, and it's important as well, we gather to be edified. So our preaching and our singing, our prayers, um, communion, all that is happening so that we might be the church that God has called us to be in the world. How can we best be built up to care after one another, to love one another, but then to go into the world and, and proclaim the gospel and to make disciples of all nations. And so when we gather, what's important is exalt Christ and edify the body. That's the two important things um, that, that I would say when, when we're gathering, how do those things uh, accomplish that purpose? Amen. That, <clears throat> so we're up to four things I, I do want I do want to throw this in, though, as you're saying it and as as we're reading it. These are all action-type things that we're doing, and so it's important when we're doing our gathering. You know, we've got our things that we must happen, but all of these must happen for each person, right? We're we're opening the Word. We're gathering around the table. Um, we're praying individually or together. We're singing. All of these are action things that take place mm-hmm. on a given Sunday. Ooh, man, that that's a good point. It's not, and, and this is another great area error of the modern church is so many people are coming to be entertained, right? You know, Bobby hitting the note or singing the song, their favorite song, you know, or he never misses them. He does oh, not, come on. man. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's a thing of legend around here. Y'all don't know. Um, <laughs> okay, I won't say that, but listen. <laughs> what were we talking about? Moses was in the bull rushes. What were we even saying? Uh, You're talking about uh, yeah. how people come yeah, together. Exactly. All right. Yeah, it's a show. It's, but it is. It's, participatory you know i'm saying all these great words today it is because it's not for just you to sit there and receive although you do but we sing we say amen we take the bread we take the wine right we we confess our sins we love on one another we're we're community we and maybe this is something we'll get into later we um we make sure that there's church discipline right but the whole idea is it's it's a body coming together. It's not for a show. It is, as Johnny said, it's to be edified. And, and what's sad is when we take that and we have these people who are amazing, will grip you, speakers, you know, and they will talk about your felt need, the next step you need to take, and all these other things. 
and, and they can grip you in your moment and talk to your felt need, but did they give you Christ? Right? And you can have the greatest orchestra and choir that you've ever seen, and it just be an empty performance. I've been at a church where the people just were going off, and like it was, it was amazing if I was at Dollywood, but like no one could sing with them. Yeah. Like most people are just sitting there, like watching them do their thing, and it's that's not church. Yeah. Church is all of us coming together as believers mm-hmm. and lifting up the name of Christ, not just sitting taking up a seat, but participating in what God is doing in our midst. All right, so we're at our four. Do we are we adding more? We're, we stopped I, with sync. I would think, and it, it kind of goes into the more of the purpose, and maybe not so much, but there is action into accomplishing the purpose of edifying believers. Like in Hebrews ten, the the writer of Hebrews is saying, "Let us consider how we can stir one another up to love and good works." And so there's this collective. Um, agreement to uh, keep each other from being apathetic in the world. Like we, we want to see the mission of Christ accomplished in our community, uh, in our nation and to the ends of the earth. And so how can we stir one another up to love and good work? So it's part of, and that's part of the fellowship when we're gathering, how can I spur my brothers and sisters on through whatever God's called me to do? Um, and then it, it says to, um, to not neglect meeting together as is the habit of some, but encourage one another because the day is fastly approaching. Jesus Christ is coming back. So the purpose of gathering is to go proclaim his name throughout all the world. So how can I gather for the purpose of making sure pastor Aaron and pastor Gary and Bobby and every single person in our congregation uh, is stirred up for that purpose. And, so there, there is action that, um, just like Aaron said, we're not, I'm not coming to, to sit in a pew and go, how can I get fed today? Uh, we're not consumers of church. Uh, we're participants in the body. There's eyes and ears and feet and hands, and each are, uh, vitally important to fulfilling the mission of Christ. And then we understand that, uh, gathering is good, but it's not, only what the church does, uh, the church goes. And so we gather for the purpose of basically being, you know, pumped up to go, Hey, let's go accomplish our mission in the world. Just a, just a quick plug. We've talked about this before, but there is hardly anything that lifts me up or, or stirs me up or, or whatever it is than, um, you know, when we're we're singing on the stage and, and you all have all been to where you can hear this and you just hear like-minded believers just worshiping. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's no different than when we're praying or when we're in God's Word. When <clears throat> when you're in that together with the, the community of believers, um, then that is what's happening. There is a stir up. There is a, an edifying going on and a lift up of the Spirit to then go once we leave this place. Right. That, that's why it's so important that everything's grounded in truth. Yep. Because you don't want to, you know, people who are led by emotion will be on a roller coaster their entire life. You're not helping them at all. And and one thing that we need to remember, and I, I, I miss this growing up because I don't think it was the truth many times at churches I was at, but church is not meant, first and foremost, to be an evangelism service. Yeah. Now, 
the gospel needs to be proclaimed. And, and that's one thing that I appreciate and have learned from Spurgeon was every God, no matter where he was, he would get to the gospel before he left because you're not assuming everyone there is a Christian, but it's like, it's like all of you guys have said, it's for the edification of the body to send us out to go share that good news, to bring in more brothers and sisters. And so it's like, it's like our way to start off the week to be ready to go and engage and fight for Christ all throughout our week and whatever comes our way. And I mean, to that point, you never outgrow your need for the gospel. So like, even if I've been saved for 25 years, I, I need to hear the gospel. I need it preached to me because, uh, the, the gospel, uh, I think it was JD Greer that said it it is not the diving board. It's the pool. Um, you're in it and you need it. And that's, you know, it's, it's not, it's not the finishing line. Um, it's start middle and end. Um, and so the gospel gets you all the way home. And that, that's what, uh, when we gather, uh, just like Aaron said, we're not thinking so much about getting lost people saved in our services. We're thinking about edifying Christians, but we're praying God will save if people um, have, um, you know, hearts of stone. Well, we pray that God would um, give them hearts of flesh even while we meet. So, yeah, that, that would be one of our... Uh, big, big things for what we do when we gather, um, is, is preach the gospel. All right. Any more must? I can't think of any. No, I think we covered it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then let's move on from the must now that we know what we must do. And let's talk about where there is some room for some freedoms still grounded in solid biblical uh, foundation for the freedoms, but some freedoms and go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I think the easiest one is worship, you know, regardless if you have a, a choir, a band, or you sing a cappello, right. Or your old school is like, thank goodness we don't do this at least when maybe we're preaching, but old school where the pastor used to be the worship leader, maybe Johnny would be the only pastor if that was the case. <laughs> We'd be voted out, you think, G? Um, and our church would be in trouble. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, stop it. Stop it. But anyway, yeah, I, I think I think that's the case. I think you should you know, follow the scriptures. We should sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, and, and they must proclaim truth. The style is something I don't think we need to get overly caught up with because I mean it you know I love I love upbeat songs I love guitar I do love drums I love that I love it especially I mean if you listen to something secular and then you listen to something that just rocks that's Christian there's just no it's just not even comparison but at the same time like the church was so kind enough to send us to T4G not long ago mm-hmm. and it's a dude with a piano and just thousands of guys' voices. And, I mean, I don't know. I, I like it both. I like it all. And and that's a, not that I am the example, but we need to be able to be anywhere Christ's name is being lifted up and feel home at home and worshiping. Yeah. Um, so I would start off with saying music. Don't be so um, just anal about your style, what you prefer. Instead because it's not not for you anyway, 
um, think about Christ and what honors Him. Yeah, that's good. You got anything, G? No. <laughs> okay. I, I think, you know, where there's some freedom is, um, you know, not only in, like, the style in which you might sing, but even kind of like uh, even the atmosphere of the service. But I think you got to be careful in those regards too. I mean, I was having a conversation with a good friend a couple of weeks ago. Um, we were talking about like a, a bigger church in the area. Um, and when they do their like contemporary service, um, which that's a whole nother thing, but um, they go like lights way down low um, drop a black curtain, you know, like, and it's like, he's like, you know, I really enjoy that. Cause it's like, this kind of like intimate feeling. You kind of feel like you're alone with God. And I was like, I mean, I, I see that, but I said, you know, we're kind of intentional at our church to leave the lights on so that you know that you're not alone, <laughs> that you're with the body because you're coming to church to know that, Hey, we're in this together. And, um, and the beauty of that is there's times here at church where we might be singing and I do feel like I'm alone. Uh, but then there's times I love to open my eyes and like shut my mouth for a second and just listen. And it's, it's a beautiful, uh, beautiful time. And, and I like that. I can see people worshiping and, um, you know, so I, I think, I think that that's a place where there's a little, uh, freedom is maybe in how that works. And I think, but most importantly, you gotta look at what's the motivation behind either one. Why do you do the things that you do? That goes with every aspect. Um, I also think about, uh, you know, preaching, you know, how, how, <laughs> don't worry. I'll side with you, Pastor Aaron. No, no. Okay. I'm just, I, I have, I was actually just going to throw a question out yeah, and then it. back away from the mic. Let's and, hear it. Okay. Okay. So obviously <coughs> we, we have a form of, of preaching that we believe. We go through books, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what about what about topical sermons? What about that? What do you guys think? Is that okay? Is there freedom for that to be topical in your approach as a pastor? Can I? Yeah, please. Okay. Absolutely, man. Just, you're like, on the panel, man. You can talk. Yeah. Jeez, yeah. um, over there hot, man. <laughs> <laughs> man. I am, man. <laughs> um no, I re- well, one of the reasons why I'm hiding is because, like, um, you know, I, you guys know my story. I didn't grow up in church. I don't know a lot of variations of it. I've been to several different churches, and I've seen, but it's all similar. It's all, you know, it's not, you know, I haven't really seen uh, variations of, um, but anyway, um, what I would say about to- topical preaching is I think it's okay um, every once in a while, like in, you know, if, uh, uh, something, um, something horrible happened, um, and, and I, uh, 9-11, 9-11 happened, you know, um, and then, so that following Sunday, it's, it's God's word, like you're pulling from God's word, absolutely, you know, but you're, uh, the topical, it could be, you know, why do bad things happen? You know, that topic, you know what I'm, what I mean? Like it's like, cause your congregation, your people need a reminder of why bad things do happen. 
And so, but but I would say, ninety nine percent of the time, it needs to be. This is just my opinion. It needs to be expositional, where like you are pulling from the text, verse by verse, um, and applying it to our, to our lives. Um, and but but topical, I think topical preaching is appropriate um, given the circumstances. Yeah, I agree. I think um, there's guys that do topicals so well. I mean, really. Um, but once again, the and and I could even maybe not that they'll ever listen to this, but offer like a challenge to anyone that's maybe kind of considering preaching and how to preach. Is I know when when I was primarily primarily topical in my life, there was like such a pressure to get this idea that I'd heard from God that I needed to give you this word. And so we're going to go through this series that I'd come with this clever name and whatever. Did all of your points start with the same letter? Oh, absolutely. Okay, I worked my sure. tail off. <laughs> I still, sure. I still, that is pressure. Look, I still battle it to this day. Alliteration like, is uh, pressure. Yeah. And somewhere Chris Kendall's like, heck yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you guys <laughs> are talking you, about. That we dude, love you. That dude is a master of alliteration. I, I want to like, <laughs> it's amazing. His points at G2G were I like, cause I remember I asked him about a quote and, and I'd got it a little bit wrong and I'd miss some. And he was like, actually it's this a goes with this a and this G to the, I was like, okay, wow. Okay. It was very detailed. <laughs> so shout out Chris, yeah. but you know, there, there's times and places for it. I think kind of like what G was saying, but it, a challenge, but also a freeing thought is what is, uh, what does God say, you know, in his word, hmm. uh, verse, do you believe and do you trust that God's word is living, active, sharper than any two-edged sword, and so perhaps God's word to your congregation is God's word, and it doesn't have to necessarily be this topical thing. You just trust, and we've seen it time and time and time again, how God uses His word to pierce hearts and minds in a situation we didn't even know about, mm. and yeah, it's amen. so it's so beautiful how it happens. And for one, that's so freeing for me because. I used to get really caught up in what Paul is preaching against in first Corinthians. Like it's not about eloquence. It's not about a rhetoric, a rhetoric that would cause people to be like, Oh man, that's a convincing way you put that it's preaching the cross and preaching Christ and him crucified and just trusting that God's word will do what God's word can do. Um, and, and I'm not generalizing in such a way that people who preach topical are not preaching God's word. I'm just saying, uh, I think it's a wonderful thing to go verse by verse and just trust that God's word will stand. Well, I, re- I remember when we first decided to do that here and just like how uneasy everyone was. And by everyone, I do mean Jamie, um, but no, other people as well. Well, you started with like a genealogy in Matthew, didn't you? So. <laughs> exactly. So it was fire right away. <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah, I don't know why we questioned him. No, um, <laughs> no, I, I think a lot of people were like, you're going to do what? You know, and but it has been so freeing, as Johnny said, it, it's it's amazing how it just lines up time-wise with with what's happening in the world so often. And what I'm what I see and again, we're not uh, brothers we love, you know, we're not dissing you, but I think what I hear most of the time when I have family or friends who are coming from a topical mainly teaching ter- uh, church, 
they will tell me how just smart their pastor is. And there's little of how good God is. You know, my, our pastor, he, you know, he is like the CEO type and he, he's, he's such a good communicator, all these other things. And it's just like, okay, you know, that's cool, you know, and, and praise God for him. But at the same time, I think it takes a little humility on the pastor's side to say, I'm willing to not get the glory here. I'm willing to say, thus saith the Lord, leave it where it sits. And when people come praise me, I tell them who really is the source. And, and I think our church and, and many others who are fed that way, you see the fruits of that. It's, it's not the great points that we came up with. Uh, thank God. Yeah. Uh, but it is, it's just God and his word and his those Holy Spirit. Those aren't many points. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And like on that point too, I was just, uh, one of my buddies uh, has a church in North Knoxville and they just finished their, um, time through the book of John, they went verse by verse and they preach, um, um, expositionally as well. And one of the cool things that they said, they, they were just like, if you've been with us every week, you've read the book of John in its entirety. And I'm like, you know, obviously we advocate for reading God's word outside of the four walls of the church. But you know, how many times, um, before I was here eating chapel, uh, and I thank God for, uh, well, one of my, my home church preached, um, uh, was expository preaching, but, um, and we spent, Aaron, you'd be so proud of him. I think Dr. Cobb was in Luke for like four and a half years. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, we walked through the book of Luke and, um, it's just so cool. It's like, you know, there's so many times when I'm thinking about topically that, you know, you get, you know, you may love on Ephesians two, one through 10, but you've left out Ephesians one, you know, and man, what makes Ephesians two just even that much more glorious is Ephesians one. And that's what I I really appreciate about it is, um, you know, you're going to read every verse and you're going to encounter hard texts sometimes. Um, and a lot of texts that some pastors just won't, won't touch. And, and we're going to cover them because we believe in God's word its entirety. That's that's the other temptation as a pastor is to put all your pet peeve verses in there, yeah. right? And like Johnny just said, you can't you can't do that. I I wrote down right before you said that, and I'm not a pastor, obviously, but I think that topical oftentimes unintentional or not leads to biases. Yep. Because we're human, that's we're going to gravitate towards whatever we feel most comfortable, or we. feel like or feel like we're better equipped to talk about Mm -hmm. and so you know coming from a topical background oftentimes i feel like might have led to some biases on the the types of things that were being taught and and preached about and like you were saying johnny maybe some things unintentionally were left out because you were focusing on your four points in these two chapters but the chapter before is really what hits home to drive through the rest of, of the book. And so I think that's a, that's a that's a scary situation if you're not careful. Well, absolutely. I think some of the difficulties we have as a church who is fairly young still, um, people who come our way because we're not a founding church of the city, we don't have <clears throat> generations we're working on that, but having generations grow up here and, and die and new generations come along, is when people come and we do go through the Word, there's a real uncomfortableness 
when you get on certain topics, right? I mean, obviously there's some that come to mind right away. Um, but they were just told and they were hit with the pet peeves of the end times view of the church. And this is how you are. And basically you're not a Christian if you don't follow this. And, you know, uh, these people are this, you know, and it's all the pastor characterizing. What? <laughs> Zerzerzerzizing. What am I? I just keep having strokes. I don't know what's start, happening. Hey, we got to start talking like that. Yeah. Characterizing. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's a caricature of, it's not an accurate depiction, and I said all that fine. What the heck? Um, of people who maybe believe differently. Well, maybe it's just the fact that they've taken the whole of Scripture together and put together a biblical her- hermeneutic that is consistent with the teaching of the Word. And so like that's another place where there has to be freedom, not only uh, with the pastor being, being kind and patient, but also with the people saying that's what the word says. I know that's not what pastor Jimmy said at my last stop or the one before, but it's there in the book and I need to deal with it. I don't need to get mad, cause division. You know, I need to seek counsel and to learn and to grow because ain't none of us know it all. You know, we're all learning until God takes us home. All right. And we're running up on the time, but I do want to, I do want to throw one more out there unless you guys have like one major one you want to cover. Do you have one? Uh, no, I'm good. Okay, I was gonna I was gonna go with the freedom of Bible version. Yeah. <laughs> because I mean, uh, let's be let's be real. That's that's kind of a hot that's kind is. of a hot topic. Very and really, I, 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 I read. Know, I'm not aware of that. So I am. Maybe I'm the message that. only. <laughs> I actually. MBO. <laughs> I actually. Uh, um, researched it because it was kind of put in my face. I, I didn't really understand the whole King James Version thing. And um, it was put in my face like King James Version only. And um, and I thought, well, what in the world is this? I mean, I had never really encountered that. And so I researched it myself to make sure that, okay, am I reading the right Bible? <laughs> like, what's going on right. here, you know? Absolutely. And, um, and from my research, I found there are, there are four versions that are considered literal, and that's that is the King James version, the New King James version, the English Standard Version, which our church uses, and the New American Standard Bible (NASB). Those four versions are considered literal translations, and then after that, you get into what's called dynamic translations. Um, that's the New International Version, um, the NIV, the New Living Translation. Um, there's there's so many um, that I can't call from memory, but I I I needed to know that like what we're reading is a literal translation from God's Word, <clears throat> from the Aramaic Hebrew from the Old Testament, and from the Greek New Testament. I needed to know that we were reading. A literal translation and so what i would say you know as far as like um liberty in that is um do what i did research it for yourself know what you're reading know that what you're reading is god's word and that there's no um uh, ambiguity about that no uncertainty about that 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 you are for sure um 
in God's word um, for not just for you as an individual, but for your family and, you know, also for your church. You know, like, you know, is this, um, um, are we um, adhering to, you know, God's word? And, and, and then at the same time, I would say this, you know, when someone tries to tell you that, um, you know, like their version is the only version of the Bible, you know, point them back to the Bible, you know, like the, like, um, uh, you know, show them, you know, the, you know, like in, in the ESV, um, where there's no, um, like in, I think it's Mark, um, at the end of Mark. This is your snakes you're talking about. Yeah, Mark. the snakes. You know, what I'm trying to get Way at. We put that one on me like I was discussing it as an yeah. option. Bo- Bobby was wanting to know if we had the freedom to no, handle snakes at each other. Yeah. Like, but uh, people build theology on what Gary's about to talk about. They have. And so, like, that's what I'm trying to tell. What I'm trying to say is we point people back to God's word, God's literal word uh, that he has written you know, from the Aramaic, Hebrew, and Greek text. And and buy yourself, um, you know, some tools to go along with it. Uh, um, I can't remember what it's called, but, like, it takes, like, you you find a, um, a key word from the text, and you can look it up in the Hebrew, Aramaic concordance. concordance. You know, buy yourself a concordance. I mean, really study God's Word, Um I don't. I can't emphasize emphasize that enough, and um, tell people because that's a big question. Yeah, every mean, every Christian should spend some time looking at textual criticism, <clears throat> and yeah, you know, we want to believe that what we hold in our hands is God's word. If we say it's in, inspired, infallible, inerrant, if we say that it's sharper uh, than any two edges, if it's living and active, mm-hmm. uh, we want to have confidence in what we hold in our hands that it's not. Uh, mistranslation, uh, corrupted, or anything like that. Um, and I think uh, if you will be honest and dive into that, you'll you'll find that you can trust God's word. I mean, um, have you even lived if you've not been cornered by a KJV or? It's you know what there there's <laughs> thought about trying. dying. I mean, I I got I got trapped at a, a restaurant parking lot and finally was like, bro, we're just not going to agree. I need I need to go home. Yeah, yeah. You know? it's it's super. I appreciate in certain ways their passion. Um, but it, it's funny, as soon as you said that, you know, where G went, he knew exactly who you meant, and everyone out there does. Um, and, and I think it's from an honorable place. I think there are honest people who their pastor, again, has told them, you know, it's the only version of the Word of God and all that. They don't even think of the troubles with that logic, you know? Um, and... And they're passionate about it, and they think, how do you know? Well, it's this version. You can't go to these new ones, you know, where they change this or change that. And there's a lot of scary language. Yeah. And I don't want to change words. I don't want that. And why would you? So you hear that over and over and over again um, from this pastor. And and listen, what, what we would all say is the King James is a good version. Yeah. It is a good version. But when people come up to me, and I, I had someone do this probably about four or five years ago, when I wasn't long into my pastorate and they said, you know, they sent me this thing where the NIV had taken out 
this and taking out that and taking out this. And they said, isn't this terrible? You believe this new version taking this out? And I said, do you think it would be just as bad if an old version added words to it? And I never got a response. I mean, don't, don't even try to think of it the other way. You know what I mean? Did, did, were we, did God not preserve his word for the 1,600 years until a pagan uh, who bent as a homosexual king made a translation because he was tired of the Geneva Bible creating so many Calvinists? Let's face it. That's why it came around in the first place. So he, let, let's just chill, right? And let's understand what it is. It's a good version. The actual translators, which the notes are not in the King James anymore. I don't know how far we want to go. But anyway, um, the actual translators wrote notes to say, you know, we're, we're kind of, uh, we think this is a good idea of what this says. But if it's not, go with this translation. Like, they don't even think of it like people do today. And the thing about it is, is no one holds a 1611 in their hands. It's a Blaney revision. It's not even the 1611. But yet they're still so dogmatic about it. I wish they would share their faith like they do their Bible version. So many people have been turned off by the Christian faith because they are so adamant in you following that. And if not, I remember a kid throwing one of our Bibles in the trash because it wasn't a King James Bible. That, one day I pray that he understands that was God's word he threw in the trash, mm-hmm. not because it was just his version. So I don't think that's a problem with a young church like us where we've made the point. If you have that problem, you're going to struggle here because we don't care. We have found we care, but we don't care, right? We're not going to just forward people's pet projects. We're going to go with the version we believe is most faithful to the Word of God, and we're going to preach it, and we're going to trust it, and we're going to understand that God will sustain His Word, that He is the one who inspired at the beginning the original manuscripts. What we have now are translations. What we can do is trust them. All right, amen. Can I just say one more thing real quick about that? <laughs> um <laughs> Like the very first Bible I ever read was a New International Version. I didn't even know that that was a, a thing, um, but it, I still have that Bible. You're fired. Are you I, saved? <laughs> <laughs> but I still have that Bible. In fact, in my garage. Um, That's awesome. It was the Bible I took to Somalia with me, mm-hmm. and it was it still got Somalian dirt on it. And that's where that was my first encounter with with the Lord, really. Mm-hmm. Like was when I was reading God's Word, and you know, and I didn't know till um, uh, I guess years later, you know that 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 the NI that it was the New International Version. I mean, it's you know, there's no um, what I'm trying to what I'm trying to get at is what Aaron just got. What what Aaron just said, you know, God preserves His word. It's His word. It's His, um, you know, His um, infallible, inerrant um, word, and it's it's unchanging. It's uh, it's um, uh, spirit driven, right? Like it's a uh, uh, you know, like Johnny was saying earlier. The Bible was living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joint and marrow, 
and discerning the heart and intentions, discerning the intentions of the heart. Like it's a, um, it's living and active. It's not, um, it's, it's not dormant. And that's why we use uh, expositional uh, preaching here. It's because uh, we trust God's word and it's God's word and his, his word is uh, power. It's, it's, it's the spirit of God. Um, um, so anyway, make a long story short, I, I, I realized that I had maybe dissed uh, uh, the NIV by saying it was dynamic. No, I didn't mean to say that. That was actually the first Bible I ever read. Awesome. Can we do some rapid fire real quick? Like just like quick answers. Oh my goodness. Yes. This is for the host. This is quite scary, but I mean, I want to hear your thoughts too. Okay. Maybe just like yes, no, or quick answers. Okay. How often should we do communion? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Gary said no. I'm just kidding. How often? Yeah. Gary's like, why'd you say yes? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, why did I say yes? (laughs) I, I, I think, uh, I think honestly, more often than we do. Yeah. Daily. <laughs> Breaking of bread daily. Yeah. In a way, right? Yeah. Be nice. That's what you're saying. G. I think every other week. All right. I think every time we gather. Yeah. I think we're moving towards that. <laughs> Good. Um, corporate prayer, what should it look like? All the time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, should be spirit led um, and driven. It should, especially in in the corporate body, um, the lifting up of the minister of the gospel and the time of the service and the and the power of the Holy Spirit moving. Um, these all things. These are all things that need to be central. Ditto. All right. That, I mean, you you said everything. Yeah, that's good. Thunder Stealer. All right. This one, this is my last question, my last, and it's going to be hard to be rapid fire, but we see in the New Testament church gifts of the spirit, how free are people to exercise those gifts, healings, speaking in tongues, prophecy. My feeling about that, my, not my feeling, I should say, my understanding of what God's word says, you know, is that it could happen but it's not the norm yeah it doesn't happen obviously if if it happened all the time it'd be happening here Mm -hmm. because i absolutely believe we're spirit led we're spirit led church god led church and so i i think that it's not the norm i don't think it happens all the time i think it could happen i'm not going to limit uh god but I don't, I don't think it, and I absolutely don't think that it happens when people, you know, when I hear people speak in tongues and people can't understand a word they're saying, I don't think that's spirit-led at all. Aaron's been speaking in tongues this whole podcast. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Didn't have an interpreter. <laughs> no, one could have, no one knows. <laughs> so I got to keep silent. Yeah. Uh, no, I would say everything is to be done decently and in order. And I think if it does break out, any of those things do, and God moves supernaturally in our midst, we have instructions in the Word 
on what to follow. So it's not chaos. It's not barking like a dog. It's not rolling and flopping on the ground like a fish out of water. It is decently in order. That's what the scripture says. And that's what we ought to follow. Yeah. I'm not putting God in a box. I kind of both things, you know, if it, if, it has happened and it's ordained by God. Then, well, why do we pay, yeah. pray for healing? Why do we pray for good yeah. weather? Why do we pray for anything? Because yeah. right. God is sovereign. And He's I think all all those, and then I would say, and it has to be for the edification of the body. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the whole reason why we meet. Right? Yep. That's, I yeah, that was great. Things. We yeah. should do that. That went way uh, more smoothly than I expected. <laughs> you were worried. I was a little concerned. <laughs> so we we went kind of like whole other episode on preaching and Bible versions, which is awesome. Yeah, but I was like, <laughs> that I'd really like to took hear. off. We tried to hold back. I think uh, we might know our new episode <laughs> coming up where we might go. Hey, well, thanks for hanging in there with us, listeners. Uh, this was a little longer than normal, but um, we hope that you you learned something. You're convicted. Um, and and that you are um, drawn closer to Christ through His Word, um, and we get that word not only from the King James Version. I, I had to say it. It had to be said. It had, it had to, to be, be said. said. You said it. Ugh. All right. I'll stop. Um, I'm still salty about it. We thank you for that. Well, that's okay. Absolutely. Guys, thank you so much yeah. uh, for being honest with us. Um, may we always strive to be uh, doing what is intended when we gather for worship um, here at Eden Chapel and would challenge the listener to to be looking for the same thing in their um, home church body, wherever that may be. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Pastor Jonathan, will you close us in prayer? Yeah. Almighty God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for uh, just blessing us with the church. We thank you that you have ordained the gathering and meeting, the exalting of your name, uh, the proclamation of your works in the world. Um, and you've given us brothers and sisters to walk in this life with, to carry out the great commission that you've given us. So God, we ask you for grace and um, what we do when we meet, why we meet, um, and for the purpose of making your name known throughout our community, throughout our world. God, for the edification of this body here and all the other local bodies that are gathered across the world. I pray that you would use us, um, knowing, just as has been said during this episode, knowing that the gospel will win the world. Um, Give us that confidence and boldness uh, to gather for that reason and to go for that reason. We pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on the EC Podcast. If you do not have a church family, you can join us on Sundays at 1030 a.m. and Wednesdays at 630 p.m. If you're outside the area, we encourage you to find a Bible-believing church for fellowship and worship. Until next time, God bless.